When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. On today's show, we have Barca tactical guru, Dom Kostanchek. As he joins me today to talk about the Valencia match that happened yesterday. Before we get into that conversation, I just want to talk about quickly about this mix of emotions that I have been experiencing lately with this Barca team. Now, as you've been listening to the show, you know, I've been a bigger proponent of player development rather than outcomes or victories. But I got to be honest, in these, <laughs> these last couple of weeks, I don't know what I want, and therein lies a big problem, because when I watch these matches, on one hand, I want us to get the points and the victory, but on the other hand, I'm trying to be patient and to look at these player development moments. For example, in yesterday's match was a great example of that, where we got both, you know, and I was really pleased with the performance of Barcelona yesterday as a whole, especially in the first half. But again, with this mix of emotions that I've been feeling recently, I don't know if Anyone out there is going through the same thing watching this team. You know, I am really excited about the future with the youth of the midfield. And, of course, players like Ansu Fati and Ferran Torres coming to the fold. But, again, I, I'm i just impatient as well right now. And I don't know if the messy years have really ruined me of my football fandom with this because, you know, in La Liga, most of the matches were an outcome that we were going to win. It was just a matter of how much, right? And now our team is just not as talented as before. We're working our way towards that. But again, I still find myself kind of in this gray space of I don't know what I want more. And especially in the match against Napoli, I was, you know, all, all I wanted to do was beat Napoli. I wanted to advance. I think it's really important for this team to go through this this leg of the Europa League. I think it'll bring the team together. I know it's not as sexy as the Champions League, but I think it's something very important for this team to go through this type of qualification, this tournament outside of La Liga, I think will really galvanize this team. So yeah, so that's how I've been feeling recently watching these matches of FC Barcelona. Again, we are definitely trending in a better direction. Today in the, the Deportes Cuatro show that I was watching, they were talking about who's in better form in La Liga. I would say Betis is probably in the best form right now, but Barcelona is definitely second or third. You could definitely make a debate out of that. So that's, you know, aesthetically we're looking better. I think we still have some ways to go. But I think as as you'll hear in the conversation that Dom and I had, I think Chavi's really finding the pairing or players that work well together. 
uh, for example, Adama and Luke coming in in the second half of the Valencia match, but also the starting 11 with Aubameyang. I was kind of on the fence about having him start this match, but he came out and he obviously had a hat trick that was changed today. And so I definitely think the team is uh, trending in a more positive direction. Again, I think it's really, really important to get a victory in Napoli because I think that will give us, it'll help us gain confidence going forward that we can win tough away matches on European nights, even though it's not the Champions League. So let me know how you're feeling, either through Twitter or you can also leave a voicemail on our website because I'm curious to see if anyone else out there is in the same kind of boat as I am uh, of this mixture of emotions watching this match of victories or patiently waiting for player development. I also want to give a shout out to our WhatsApp community. Uh, this past week has been pretty awesome. It left me speechless. Uh, we learned of a family tragedy of one of our co-hosts here, of Craig, and it was just really great to see the outpouring of support in our WhatsApp community. I really enjoy the WhatsApp community, especially during games. We have really great banter, real time, and going forward, we're going to be able to share scouting report videos in there as well. So if you are a football nerd and you want to get more tactical, definitely think about joining our Patreon group. It's a lot of fun. Before we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of this match against Valencia, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that's Surfshark VPN. Tell me if this sounds familiar. This video is not available in your location. This drives me crazy. As an American living abroad here in Spain, this happens to me all the time. If I'm trying to find La Liga highlights, NFL, NBA, or even Saturday Night Live, you know, listening to the show, I'm an avid sports fan, and this happens to me all the time, and it's supremely frustrating. I don't know if you know, but one of my guiltiest pleasures lately is watching the 90 Day Fiance show on TLC. The show is so cringy, but I love watching it, and unfortunately, it's really basically only available in the U.S. So Surfshark VPN gave me access this week to test drive it, their VPN, and it's been amazing. I was able to register, install the app, on my Fire TV, change location, download the TLC app, and presto, I had all the episodes of 90 Day Fiance available for me. So guess what I did on Saturday? I binge watched those episodes and it was flawless. So I cannot stress to you enough how easy the Surfshark VPN is to use. Not only did it help me watch one of my favorite guilty pleasures now, but there are various benefits to getting a quality VPN. A quality VPN doesn't only increase online privacy, which you need, trust me. It helps you avoid hackers. It also helps you access entertainment because content is limited by geographic location. But if you use a VPN like Surfshark, you can change the virtual location and forget about restrictions and censorship. Can't find a watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, or other streaming platforms? Unlock new libraries with a VPN. Can't watch a YouTube video? Connect to a different location with Surfshark VPN. For example, another issue I had is trying to watch weekend updates of Saturday Night Live. It's virtually impossible here unless you don't have a VPN. And when I was able to use the Surfshark VPN, I wanted to see some of these weekend updates. And again, presto, in two seconds, using the extension from Google Chrome, I was able to pick a US location and watch the catalog of Saturday Night Live like never before. So try Surfshark VPN risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals/barca. Enter promo code BARCA for 83% off and three extra months free. You heard me right. Three months for free. That's surfshark.deals/barca. The link is in the show notes 
and get to surfing. As I said in the top of the show, Dom Kostanchek joins me to break down what could be the best first half of Barca this season. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, what what do you think of the Napoli match? Oh, I love that. It was a great game. I think it was a bit, you know, tragic that we didn't win. Yeah. But in terms of, like, being happy with the structure and the way we played, the way we, we, uh, we, our system was deployed. I think I'm, I'm very happy with that overall. I mean, it just goes to show you that the things Xavi is doing are sort of working. People are not getting it just yet because the results are not maybe there in every single game. But at the bigger picture, I think I think we should be very happy. Yeah, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I was, you know, I was still kind of in doubt a little bit about is Xavi doing the right things. But I think ultimately in the last couple of matches, we can definitely say it's trending in the right direction. Um, of course, like you said, like I think we're still making fundamental defensive mistakes, which we'll talk about in this match against Valencia. But I think overall, I think, especially in the last two matches, I think Xavi's really kind of finding his players of who fits well together. Um, even though like the starting lineup on Thursday was a little bit random, it worked. Yeah. And I think today's lineup worked as well. So I think he's starting to get a better uh, feel of the players and how they work well together because they mm -hmm. actually look like they're, especially in the attack in today's match, they look like they really were looking for each other. But more importantly, they were just playing. It didn't feel forced. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that as well. Yes, I have. I mean, that's one of the big things that I, I keep saying to people. It's this kind of clarity of role and structure. I mean, we know what we're good at, even if it's something very simple. It might not be something complex or something like completely positional. And people people love to uh, dream about you know Barca playing like they used to play under Pep. It doesn't have to be like that. I mean, it might might get to that point at one at one point in the future, in the near future, hopefully. But we know what we're good at and we know how to exploit it and we're finally having the players to kind of to kind of bring this vision that Xavi has to you know to life and i love that because the 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 player profiles that he's bringing in the player profiles that we currently have at the club they all fit what he what he has in mind they might not be the the very best of options they're not really elite options but the players themselves the, the profiles themselves are good and that's exactly what Barca need to kind of move forward. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. And today's match, you know, obviously Barca wins four to one. And as I told you, I was having lunch in the first half. And so obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, checking Twitter. And it was quite funny because there was a table next to us. And one of the guys was watching on his mobile phone. So I was able to kind of see glimpses of that. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously, in our WhatsApp group, people were obviously very excited about the first half. So I just asked you the question. It was just the best first half of the season for Barca. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say definitely contender, yes. But well, <laughs> what I would also say, it's both a kind of a continuation and culmination of the good sensations that we've been having for the last three or four games, I want to say. Games against Atletico Madrid, Espanol, and Napoli, as we said, have been very, very good, even if the results didn't really go in our favor you know, all the time in all those games. But I also keep saying, the structure and the system are working. I mean, the way Barca moved the ball with speed and intent... Uh, everyone keeps moving and how we have a defined structure on the ball is a, is as clear of a sign of progress as you can get. I mean, of course, as long as the results don't fall, it's difficult to, to convince people that this is indeed true. But I think that at this point, we have many more believers already. I mean, it, this was against a very struggling Valencia, I would say, as well. But still, in the first half, uh, we stretched the pitch so well, uh, uh, you know, as much as we could. And then we use numbers on each flank to kind of link up and combine. And all the while, down the middle, you have a number nine attack space, while our interiors kind of do the same thing. And they're coached to do the same thing. That's that's the main thing here. And that's the clear structure that I kind of keep mentioning. Uh, it works because the structure kind of creates the favorable situation, favorable outcomes for us. You don't stretch the pitch for no reason. You stretch it to the distance between the lines is increased. You stretch it so that your key targets kind of have more space between the lines or just uh, when trying to penetrate the block. I think all those things have kind of culminated with a, a very good first half today for Barca. Dom, I can listen to you talk talk tactics all my life, man. This is <laughs> I love this so much, man. I, like this is this is amazing because I mean, it's true, right? I mean, I think also the other thing, too, is it's incredible because Aubameyang, you know, I I don't know if I was not the biggest fan of him coming. Okay, fine. He's on the team now. I think he did struggle in the Napoli match, right? I think he did. He was trying to find his footing. And as I talked about on the Friday podcast, I was like, I want to see Luke Young start because I think there's, the mm. attack just looks uh, hungrier. It just looks you know, like it's just yeah. more aggressive in that way. But I think Aubameyang, they made an adjustment today, right? They started using the long mm. ball a little bit up from the midfield yeah. a little bit more to catch on these counters. And let's, I mean, let's talk about the first, uh, the first goal because that's what really would come. I mean, as much, you know, as much as Jordi Alba gets on my bad side, he made an excellent pass on that to find, yeah, you know, to find. I mean, we'll talk about his performance today because again, it's just a typical Jordi Alba uh, performance yeah. today. But again, he had a great pass. I'm going to give him credit there on that on the pass. Aubameyang gets the ball, nice, really first touch does a stutter which actually helps to kind of throw off the keeper mm. and then finishes at home and as i told you before before we start recording is you know i think the sun or the shadows on that right side mm. definitely helped barca because a lot of times even when i was watching the the first half the rewatch you know mm. i was having a hard time looking at the ball let alone the players on the field having it and that i think really mm. helped with the crossing and that thing so you know again jordi alba on the pass and i think that was the slight adjustment is just going mm. over the top earlier as opposed to maybe you know later in the field yeah that's very true i mean people keep mentioning chavi's black magic like something like zidane's <laughs> black magic but this, this could be it as well i mean we have been a bit lucky at times under chavi as well it has to be mentioned but this is i think when you when you, when you talk about luke de jong and obama young i think you have to understand that they're kind of different players and if you expect your opposition to kind of sit back in you know, this deep and compact block 
and never come out and play, you can play Luke De Jong because you're probably going to spam those crosses into the box and you have a bigger chance of scoring with, with De Jong in the box than Aubameyang. Uh, but if you expect to have space for Aubameyang to kind of exploit behind the defensive line, then you play him because he will attack space. He will make those runs. And as we see, he has the first touch. He has the control to to, to you know, control the ball and then finish. Finish. It was a great finish as well. And, and Jordi Alba, like you mentioned, that was a good, good ball by him. And it was the same thing for this. Was it the second goal as well, I think, from Jordi Alba? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he's been good. I think he's been kind of transitioning into this more inverted role, which is very good because he is good at the ball. He has elite delivery, and I like that about him as well because as he loses pace, this might be like the final stage of Jordi Alba before he probably is phased out or replaced or retires. I think maybe the way he's passing, on, especially on these two passes, is that he's able to see in front of him, and so maybe he's just becoming more accurate that way, whereas yeah. when he's running down the side and he's doing the, you know, looking behind, I think maybe, you know, obviously having Messi before was the, you know, outlet, as always, and Messi would always normally win the ball to get that ball, so anytime Jordi Alba would make that pass, it was accurate, you know, quote-unquote accurate, it was connected, right? And I think maybe... Just being able to see, you know, obviously, I know it's kind of, it doesn't sound like rocket science, but sometimes, you know, just putting the ball in front and just seeing and putting the advantage. Because on the second goal, for example, you know, Dembele, again, we see the glimpse of what Dembele can do, right? Because on that play, he receives it perfectly and just gives a really nice knock and Frankie Dion comes up the middle. And again, this is the type of thing where I think the players that Xavi is putting into, like, especially this match, they just fit well together, right? Like you mm-hmm. talked about earlier, just the spacing tonight, today, with having yeah. Ferran playing on the left and Dembele on the right just gave Aubameyang more space, which I think was lacking in the Napoli match. And I just think if we can use that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Because before we recorded, I was just talking about how I was getting bored with the style right now. And I don't know if it's an mm-hmm. inner conflict of me right now, right? Because I was so, you know, I'm so used to the tiki-taki style that I love to yeah. watch. But also, like, I'm watching Liverpool and I crave the dynamic vertic- verticality of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this kind of gray area now where I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want, <laughs> you know? And I don't, but, you know, it's like, do I want to see wins right now or do I want to mm-hmm. see development, right? I'm, I'm just caught in this weird loop right now. And I think, you know, it, just as you said, from the Atletico match at Spaniel Napoli, we are starting to see the trend more importantly. And I think also this contributes to is we, you know, we've been injury free for the, for the most part mm-hmm. as well. So any other things you want to highlight about the Obama angles? Uh, not really that much. I think that this, this play style that we have, which is currently not, I mean, people are mentioning, this is not really the prototype Barca style of play. It's not really there just yet, but I think that's, mostly conditioned by the uh, the profiles that we have and the injuries that you mentioned because you simply cannot really you have to adapt to the players that you have if you don't have have the squad have the squad is not available then you have to play something that can that fits the, the profile that you have at your disposal and at, at the moment with Adama Traore and even Obama Young and, and, and I don't know those kind of players look the young you're not really going to play this heavy positional football that we see with Pep or something like that because you just those players don't really thrive into the, in those positions so it's normal to see Xavi kind of experiment with different things and we not really playing the way that people envisioned him us to play at the moment but I, I don't mind because this are the cards that we've been dealt at the moment 
And even with that, even with those limitations, we're still kind of producing high quality football, I would say, in the last couple of games at least. Uh, I mean, especially. Uh, and it's only going to get better. I feel it's only going to get better. I mean, you are, you are, you've been positive ever since we've been talking. So I will give you credit <laughs> for that. You know, I've been more of a roller coaster of negativity and, and up and down just, you know, just because I, I, I see the potential with these young players, mm-hmm. you know, and I know, you know, obviously, you know, I just think it was delayed, obviously, with the Chavi experiment. Obviously, I wish he would have came in sooner. But, you know, you've been analyzing all this, you know, for the past couple months, obviously, through your newsletter and all the tactical stuff you do. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you see? That could be in quote unquote, and I want to say easy fix, where Barcelona could be more dangerous in possession. Because I don't know if it's it's a lack of like, for example, when I was watching the match, you know, today and the other night, it's just I feel sometimes when we go on the flank, for example, there's right. nobody as an outlet in the center. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because of the positioning that we're using that it's really difficult to run all the way that distance, or is that a matter of discipline? where the players need to learn how to develop that skill. Because I feel like a lot of times we go up the line, we get out of trouble, we're fine. But then the only outlet we have is either a long ball over the top on the side or, you know, some crazy pass to Fran where we lose 50-50, you know, where before, you know, there was always an outlet in the middle or someone to go back. And I think those are the things. Is there anything that you've been seeing that could be uh, a fix for that? Or is that just formation and this is what we have to deal with because of the wings? Huh. That's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I think Ferran has been very good at number nine. Mm-hmm. I prefer him there down the middle than, for example, uh, on the left. I don't just, I just don't see him being as effective on the left. He was okay today, for example, against uh, against Valencia, but he wasn't really that effective. I feel like down the middle, he will make the right movement. He will make the right position. He has the awareness to do well. Let me, let, me will... ask you, let me ask you this real quick, because yeah. I think this is like a thing that happens in football that we just assume that a player can just move to the left and be as effective, right? I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm left-footed. I prefer playing on the right side. If you put me on the left side, sure, I can do that. Like, I can play it. I know how to do that. But am I as effective on the right side? And so why do you think Xavi keeps using him on the left? Because if Ferran is our best forward, right, I would say he is, why wouldn't we use him in the best position and sacrifice other players to move around him? You know, that's that's kind of like one of those things I still kind of baffled. Up. I mean, it's good on Ferran that he's able to be effective on the left. But, man, I think he could just be way more dangerous on the right. I agree, yes. I think that Xavi has also recognized this. That's why he, in the second half, he swapped Dembele and Ferran, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Ferran went back to the right side and Dembele went to the left side, which kind of made sense because Dembele is equally adept at playing on both flanks well in theory but I, th- I think also he's also more effective on the right too so that's that's kind of there and he was less effective as soon as he swapped wings uh I, it's it's a tough one i would say that i agree i would keep ferran down the middle where he's most potent but i think that Xavi really really wanted to have two wide wingers because what was the alternative maybe play a bombing on the left Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with with how he performs on the left. Is, is that something that he did before? I mean, he I he usually he usually. I mean, he does like the left side, but more in the, in the middle left. You know, he's not like right, an yeah. out and out right winger. But again, you know, going back to this thing, I you know, for me, 
Ferran is our most important striker, right? He's the one that's actually scoring goals on our team. I mean, if you take out Luke Tiong out, out of the equation. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I would rather sacrifice Dembele and put him on the left, you know, and I just have Ferran even perform further. But go ahead and continue your thought on right. Aubameyang. Uh, so I think that he really needed someone to hold the width on both ends. And then having Dembele on the right side where he's more effective, I think that he is kind of the link that we're missing and he will be sorely missed because we don't have a creative third forward. I keep saying that. If Barca go for Holland in, in the summer, which they, they probably will, and then you have Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, and, and Holland, well, Holland in the middle, Ferran Torres on the right, you don't have a creative uh, forward in that front line. And that means that we will struggle. We'll struggle. We have three players who are adept at scoring goals, who, do, who have great movement, but we don't have anyone to give them the support they need. That puts huge emphasis on the fullbacks to be creative or the midfielders. We have good midfielders, so that's, that's one thing. But on, in the fullback areas, if I'm not sure if Jordi Alba is going to be at the same level or he's going to continue for much longer. We'll see. Dani Alba is the same thing. He has, we have the quality, but he's 38, going to be 39 soon. That's not really a long-term solution either. So uh, I feel like we're missing that third creative link. And Dembele provides that. And, and, and that's why Charlie wants him at his best position because he will be the one to uh, provide those balls for the likes of Ferran or Aubameyang and... It's it's really a difficult situation. So you, he put Ferran on the left because he knew that he would do well, and he would wouldn't lose too much because he would move well. He would position himself well. He would provide the team with the uh, with the with a great platform to build on while still having Dembélé in his preferred position to create and do the things that he does best as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a quandary, right? Because that's the thing is like we haven't seen enough games, right, of these players playing in those positions so we can't like extrapolate you know i'm a data person you're obviously the data person too you know i love to see stats you know i want to see appearances connections i want to see these things and try to make some decisions off that i mean the thing is you know obviously with Ferran, i mean he has just come to the team right i mean he's only played what seven matches if that and he's been all over the place middle left right so we can't we can't really make a trend of like what we think we're just kind of extrapolating these things but you know i like i said i'm i'm very positive with how we're trending in the attack i think we're definitely especially on thursday night we had like more than 20 uh chances obviously we need to do better on those conversions but i think that is going to come Again, if we start to use Dembele the way he is, sparingly, you know, just kind of, you know, if he has an assist here and there, I think we'll be fine. And then obviously using Ferran. And then the way today, the way he used Adama and Luke to come in the second half, I got to say, Dom, that really excited me because I knew Adama's going to get crosses and Luke is going to fight for them. And that's a really good way to close out games. So we're going to talk about it in a second. Since our possession of closing out games isn't at, at up on par as normally it would be. Yeah, exactly. I think Xavi kind of expected that Valencia to make this final push, uh, maybe try and salvage something out of the game. Uh, and then you have Adama who can who can hit you on the break, who can who can run into that space that they leave behind. And once he he bombards that box with crosses, who better to pick up those crosses than look beyond? I mean, it's. It was so funny to me that they both entered the pitch at the same time, like a tandem. Like these two players, they work together so well. So, you know, they, they're already like a like a power duo, a power couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a tag team, like a tag team. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. The Hardy Boys coming in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny, but I think it works. I think it works because, sure, Adama has his shortcomings, and you can see 
you can, I mean, you can see it in a possession-heavy team. The more he gets the ball, the more you'll see his limitations. But at the same time, we know exactly what he's good at. We know exactly what he's going to do. And so the opposition, which is the, which is the, uh, the issue here. But if, if he can keep doing that, he, he can keep attacking space and putting those crosses in for Luke de Jong or whoever it is in, inside the box. I think it should work. I mean, against deep blocks, against a position who don't give you the space to kind of work with behind the opposition's line, defensive line, having that presence in the box and having the presence of the flanks who can provide the crosses, albeit not really that successfully all the time, but, you know, some of them will find their mark. And once, once that happens, Luke de Jong should be able to put them away. And hopefully one day, you know, these days he will score that bicycle kick finally. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you would like, if you would have scored that on Thursday, he would have been, I think, immortalized because that thing would have been. It got me off the sofa, you know, and yeah, for for sure. And I think you know, I think that's a good combination, especially if we're looking for a goal, and especially late in games, mm-hmm. like for example against Napoli to put that tandem. But again, this is going to transition. What I want to talk to you about is the lack of the possession to close out these matches, right? I think you know. I don't have, obviously, Scout takes 24 hours to put the stats, but I'm just going to give you a quick possession stat. We had 64%. You know, yes, it felt like we had the majority of the possession. However, in the last 15 minutes of the match, until we scored the fourth goal, you still felt like Valencia had a chance to come with the second goal. And that's because we have an issue with the possession closing out these matches. And just like I talked about, it's completing the sixth, the seventh. And remember... You know, man, I used to be so impressed back in the day just being like, wow, how the hell are they completing 20 passes in a row, right? At a professional level in the 65th minute on, make it look so easy. How, how does Xavi look to improve this? I mean, I understand like, you know, in this in this match, he brings in a dominant loop to counteract, you know, something in that regard. Yeah. But I mean, obviously Pedri came into the match and we're going to talk about him, his performance in a second, but maybe we need to add another midfielder and take away a forward and i don't know i i again it's always going to be a numbers game but i just feel that we need to possess the match and we just need to add one more center midfielder that's kind of my solution to this answer i don't know what what you're looking at uh what you think or you have any ideas about how this can be or what can be a solution for this um well yes adding a midfielder could be one of the solutions i think that that was chavi's initial idea because at one point I'm not sure who went off. It was it Dembele? I think he went off, and then yeah. we had four midfielder. We had, uh, we had Busquets, we had Pedri, we had Nico, and we had Gavi. And on paper, that was with the aim to kind of suffocate the midfield and and win the numbers game in there and could try and keep the ball for longer. But that didn't work really well because I think because of discipline actually, because Nico and Gavi they're so aggressive. They are so aggressive, and Nico when came in. He just bulldozed over a couple of, yeah, exactly. He just went straight through those players. I mean, I love that about him. I love that about Gavi as well. He will hunt players down and he will hack them down constantly, which is not, I mean, it's not really the Barca's, you know, the stylistic way that we love, but I mean, it's it's a good thing to have in your your team, but it's not really good for control because those players, they can be, if if you're too aggressive and if you're too erratic, you know, whether that's in, in possession or out of position, it kind of affects your stability, as, you know, at some at certain points. And I feel like that's what we need. We need more calmness at times. Not just, you know, it's good to be on all the time and keep running and, and just keep tackling the ball, keep chasing the ball. That's good. But when we're in possession, just calm down. And, and the main idea is if 
if your teammate has a lot of space and time on the ball, you move away from him. If he has less time and space, you come closer so that he has a better, pa- you know, easier pass to make or you know, additional passing channel to to exploit. And that's what Pep's Barca did so well. They were compact in possession when they needed to be, and when they created space, they kind of spread the pitch yes, exactly. And they and that's that's how you essentially keep possession. And I think that Xavi will get there because he knows the principles. He knows how to do it because you know he was one of the best to do it ever. Sure. So. It will come. He will instill that into our midfielders, especially. Uh, but at this point, we just need more stability. We need more, be more calm in position, and maybe even other position as well. Because pressing is all isn't all about just running like a headless chicken. It's, it's yeah, it, has, yeah. it has to be coordinated. It has to be, you know, within some limits. I would say even. And the other thing too is like how many times have we had the lead? <laughs> you know that's that's the other thing. I mean, think about that. You know, it's like doesn't ha- it hasn't happened that often in this season. We've been down a lot. We've been chasing the match, and this is comes with experience, right? It's it's the mm-hmm. idea of slowing your motor down enough yeah. where you are calm, like you said, controlled. But like you said, like you know, obviously with Iniesta, um, Xavi, and Busquets, they were three midfielders that played like four or five, right? Just because of yeah. the movement and the way they like kind of just moved around everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is the next step for this midfield because that's the other thing too is like I, as I've been saying, I want to see Busquets close out matches, come in for the last mm-hmm. 30 minutes, be fresh, be the general and doing all those yeah. things where he can kind of teach these players because like you said, you know, uh, Nico comes in straight yellow. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I like I like the fight in him, but also you you got to know when the risk is for the reward, and like, what's the point mm-hmm. of that tackle, right? There's nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen of that, and it's a cheap yellow card because they do mm-hmm. mount up, and we need the mm-hmm. depth. So it's kind of one of those things. Again, I, I it's kind of one of those quandaries where I think it's just going to come with experience, but it's it's hold your breath, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely hold your breath for those last 15 minutes where you know we we string together some six passes, we take it down to the corner, and then we give it right back, and they counter right on us and so those are the things i think it's going to come back to i think you know i maybe it's just as simple as like you know we need to do more back passing uh to keep the possession instead of trying to go for goal all the time right exactly that is a very good point i think the people when they see this extremely vertical style of play you know always forward always forward quickly uh it's exciting it gets people off their seats but it's not really ideal all the time you know you have to set the tempo correctly and that's why back passing and, and horizontal passing is so underrated because people see that and they're like, oh, no, this player only passes backwards. Well, sometimes you have to pass backwards to go forward. Uh, and going forward all the times is, is is not really optimal in every situation. I mean, it, it looks nice. And, and sometimes a, a vertical pass will be like aesthetically pleasing. They'll be like, wow, look at that pass. But it won't bring much value if you pass straight into, I don't know, uh, a dead end. You know, if, if a player is in, not in a position to receive that pass and do something with that ball, then why make that pass? You know, it's it's all about moving the opposition, moving moving them to create space. That's that's kind of the key here. And back passes are crucial in both in retaining possession and then progressing at the pitch as well. Yeah, it's a good point. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, at the beginning of the match, there's the strategy, the tactics to get the goals, right, to to get the lead and stuff. And so that's where I'm kind of in this eternal debate of do I want verticality more or possession and all stuff. But then there's the other situation now, right, with the last 30 minutes when you have the lead and how to control the match in a way where you suffocate the team like we used to. And that's the kind of the next step of evolution. Like you said, maybe it's just more back passing and just being more available in the midfield, right, to actually go and get that ball because, you know, we were 
there a couple times. Like I said, I counted a couple times where we had seven passes in a row, and it was like the eighth pass. We just got lazy, and no one came to the ball, and it would just go through. So, you know, it will come because, again, the, again, I just can't get over it. These players are not even 20 years old, dog. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what the hell, you know? I mean, as much as we're going to criticize this, they're still just 20 years old. So, um, last thing I want to uh, talk about is just more about the defense and the man marking what why 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 what are we doing here i and i know like on the goal of valencia you know it's a great brian brian heel had a really nice match he's he's just came in this winter transfer window for them but again i i just it's like see man see ball like i i that's what i remember as a kid see man see ball you know i and i've been clamoring on this and i you know i want to get this out of the way yes we got the three points we're in fourth place we're looking good we're trending up but against napoli this Thursday, it's going to be massive to advance, and we have to be so defensively sound that I don't feel as confident with that, you know? And I don't know if we're going to be able to score three goals in Napoli. So what's easier to do, play better defense and tighten that up? Because as we've seen, Ter Stegen is not playing at the elite level that he's mm-hmm. we're accustomed to. But also, is that just a matter of because there's so many open shots? You know, it's like all these quandary things, but man... Dom, it's the man marking, the amateur hour that I continue to see that just frustrates me. And if it weren't for Arahu, who knows how many goals could have been today in today's match. It would have been a closer match. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think this was always going to be a big part of the debate around Xavi, too. I mean, can he actually improve our defensive issues? Because that's where, you know, we've been struggling the most. I mean, he's undoubtedly the type of coach who will aim to outscore his opposition more than anything else which I can respect because, you know, that has been the trademark of the club in the modern days too. In general, I agree that defending in the box is still a huge question mark. I mean, especially with set pieces and good deliveries, we just, we just no, we don't do that. <laughs> Minguesa in particular, he was he was criticized by everyone on the pitch, if I, if I remember that correctly. I think that was there was um, news of that as well for that goal that we conceded. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of to play the devil's advocate here or just to come to his help a bit. I think that he had a very tough task of marking Maxi Gomez and Hugo Dura, I think. And if I'm not mistaken, it's also Frankie de Jong who doesn't track anyone in the box as well. So it's kind of an individual issue, yes, but also something that's lacking on a team level too, I feel. The good news, however, is that we are much better at pressing and current pressing, I feel. Our structure off the ball has improved and we're far more compact when, when, when we're off the ball, which is why we're managing to counter-press very, way better too. The likes of Alba and Busquets, for example, have also been very good in spite, you know, everyone criticizing them. They're defending all the time. They're not awful defenders, but the system was so leaky before that they weren't yeah. really given the right platform to, to, you know, to, to perform. Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfect off the ball either, but it just goes to show you how those things can be very dependent on the whole, the, the bigger picture, let's just put it that way. But individual defending and inside the box, that is, I feel like that's kind of, it, it's, it, it should be basics and should be coachable. So I'm hoping that it gets, you know, kind of improved over time. But the fact that it's still an issue and that those basics and fundamentals are still, such so glaringly you know on such a glaringly low level that's kind of it is a bit you know uh, concerning <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing right the way like when you think of attacking players they're usually just not good at defending and vice versa right mm-hmm. i mean when they're highly defending they're not very good like imaginative players right that's kind of like the 
usually the generalization of, of football players, right? And as I said before, I just think a lot of it has to do with attitude, right? It's the attitude to want to defend. Defending sucks. I hate defending. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I think it's very difficult, you know, especially on set pieces. You know, it, it's mentally, um, you know, exhausting to to defend very well. It just, it just is, especially when you don't have the ball and you're chasing. I understand that's a very difficult thing, but at this professional level, it's just kind of like man marking stuff that continues to give up goals. It's like, I get more excited now for clean sheets and we haven't even had one in so long, you know? So those are, those are the things we need to tighten up, especially, I know this is good. I can't believe I'm saying this. If we want to advance further in the Europa League, like <laughs> that is so strange. When I heard the, 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 uh, the Europa League, the 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 sound no, not the sound the yeah, yeah the anthem yeah the anthem yeah yeah I was like this this doesn't feel right but you know to be honest it's not a bad bad anthem it's, it sounds pretty cool so I'm like okay let's roll with it <laughs> it's funny because um, Mariana who does the Friday show with me uh, she loves the Champions League and she joked oh. around that uh, when she got married they played it in her wedding. That's how much she loves it, right? Wow. And so we had a joke in our WhatsApp. We're like, uh, Mariana, how does the Europa League anthem sound like? Because we were all didn't know. So it was like this whole joke. But, you know, I, again, let's let's end on a really good note. And let's just talk about Pedri for the next you know couple of minutes or so. I think, again, Pedri is just awesome. Like, I, I think he still has obviously some things that he can work on. The last mm -hmm. ball today, a couple times where he fell short on a couple of those passes. Obviously, he scored the goal on a, a slight deflection of yeah. Obama Yang, but I think that's – I want to see two things from him this season. I want him to score more goals because I think he has the potential to do that. And I also want him to be the leader. I need to – this is so crazy to me because he's still not even 21 years old. That's like 23, you know. It's like and I want him to be a leader. But he is the most talented midfielder we have. And I think mm -hmm. he has that personality that he can be the captain going forward and take this. And I kind of want him to – maybe show some of that attitude that I know he has. And so those are the two things. I want to see more attitude from him as a midfielder, and I also want to see some more goals from him this season. Because, you know, if he can add that arsenal of just, you know, three to four, four to five goals a season, that's massive. That's massive. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden they have to respect his shooting just a bit for him to yeah. open passing lanes behind him. Exactly, yeah. And it adds so much to our game because, I mean, long shots – We've missed those since Ivan Rakitic, I believe. I mean, and and they're they are so potent when you try to un unlock a deep, com compact block, and there's no way out, and you don't, no way through it. And sometimes a long shot, it just it, it just works as well. I mean, it's it's such a it can be a cheat code when you have a player who has a good long shot in your team. And with Pedri, I think the best thing is that it, this is not really it's not really an accident either because he's been working on that. He's been He's been coached to get into those positions, and he's been coached to try more and more of those, you know, shots. And as he as he tries more of them, he will become more proficient. We're seeing it. I mean, this this goal, yeah, it's a sensational strike, but you know, it has it was a little bit of a deflection, which is you know fair enough. But just the fact that he was there to attempt the shot and and he was in a good position to 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 shoot, that's that's massive because it tells you that he's actively looking for those situations, which is good. I mean, it's. Uh, it's a very good sign, and on the on the mentality leadership thing, I think yes, uh, I think he has the potential to 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 be that leader. 
but he is only 19. So I mean, we're, we're putting a lot of pressure on a 19 year old, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I just had to, I just had to look up the ages again, because yeah. again, I just can't get over these three guys, <laughs> Gabi, Nico and, and Pedri, because I get them all confused, but really none of them are, are legal to drink in the States. It's insane to me. Right. And they were expecting them to, again, I know, you know, we are fans of the team and I like, Again, Dom, imagine you are a team, you know, a fan of Sunderland or I don't know, Newcastle, mm-hmm. like some just random EPL team, right? If you had three over the moon young players from your from your youth system, you'd be flipping out, you know? And I just still can't get over how Barcelona have kind of I understand we have this structure of La Masia and stuff, but it, mm-hmm. every team has a structure of youth academy and stuff. And I understand like we are able to find these players, but man, it's still just fascinating to me that we find these three players, these talents that are going to carry the team for like the next 10 years. And here we are asking, I mean, I'm asking, I'm asking Pedri to be more uh, assertive and more captain at 19 years old. At 19 years old, I flunked out of college, you know, like, what, 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 what do we do? I know, I know. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. That's, that's just the way it is when you're a superstar. I mean, he is so good. He's genuinely so good that when you watch him, you don't get a sense that he's so young. And then we cannot treat him that way. We, we treat him like he's a player in his prime. Like yeah. he's the superstar 25-year-old who's going to, I don't know, win the Ballon d'Or or something in, in the next year or so. And, and you know, the way he's playing, he he might as well, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Uh, we'll I mean, see. that exactly. That's the thing. He's not even hit his physical prime, right? I mean, that's the thing. He's going to yeah. put on like another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's going to be stronger because that's one of the things that he's still kind of lacking is, you know, a little, mm-hmm. little shoulder budge a little bit. But I think, yeah. you know, we're, again, uh, as we've looked, as you said, the last five matches were definitely trending up. And we have a tough match on Thursday in Napoli. That's going to, man, that's going to be a tough match. And, yes, you know, yes. uh, we should have gone the 2-1. You know, obviously, Ferran Torres had those opportunities on Thursday night. And that's what, you know, this is what the, you know, home and away leg does. You know, you, we've seen this before so many times in our Champions League performances that we never take full advantage of the, the first leg. And then all of a sudden we play away and all these things. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping, obviously, uh, that we put it together and we're able to, you know, get the victory. Any predictions for Thursday night? I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough match for sure. Yeah, it would be a tough, tough one. I think that's kind of the truth for the rest of our campaign, both in La Liga yeah. and, and Europa. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, we have the potential to beat Napoli and advance far into the Europa League, win the whole thing. We have the potential to to finish off for you know easily in La Liga, but it's such, it's been such a roller coaster, and our team is still. It's still in development, in progress. So it, it, it's difficult to really say this is our level or this is our ceiling, this is our floor. I, I don't know where to put us at the moment. So that's kind of the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I think that we can and hopefully will beat Napoli. But at the same time, I am just... I wouldn't be so surprised if they if they beat us. I, it's, just, it's just the way it is. I'm, I, it can go either way, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope that Xavi uses the same starting lineup, brings PK back, obviously. Um, obviously, using Dest on the right. I think the, the lineup that we had today is a positive lineup uh, all around, like you talked about earlier, with the spacing up at the front and so forth. Again, it'll be interesting to see how Napoli line up because in the camp, no, they did a 4-4-1-1, obviously parking the bus and trying to be as defensive. But now, do they use that same posture uh, being at home, knowing that they can win to advance, right? Because they've already got the away goal. So it's going to be, it's just always tricky, man. To be home and away. I mean, that's why, that's why Champions League is one of my favorite things to watch because it's so unpredictable. 
injuries, uh, the way teams are playing yeah. at that moment. There's so many things that go into it. And again, the same thing as with Europa League. So be yeah. waiting with bated breath. So um, Dom, thanks for joining me as always. Uh, I look forward to reading your newsletter this week to see what you're going to talk about. And uh, we'll <laughs> Thank talk you. soon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.